0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for August 30. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In his screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis says that there are two equal and opposite errors that people fall into regarding the dark powers. One mistake is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe in them to excess. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through
1: 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10-20 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak.
0: Paul takes the reality of conflict in the world to another level. Our struggle, he says, literally, our wrestling, is not so much against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Back in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10, He speaks of the day when all things in heaven and on earth will be brought under the rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, as we read here in chapter 6, for the present there's a war between the two spheres of darkness and light. Spiritually speaking, God's people live in enemy-occupied territory. The epic that the Gospels reveal is that without fanfare, The true King has slipped into our world to rescue people enslaved by the dark powers. The Gospel of John records Jesus' words to Pilate. He could have called on a powerful army to rescue him, as we read in John chapter 18. However, knowing he was the only one who could defeat the Prince of Darkness, Jesus came alone to accomplish his mission. He knew that only through his sacrificial death, could the powers of evil and death itself be conquered, as we read in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13-15. through 15. Jesus' resurrection from the dead validates His victory. However, for the present, the dark powers, although mortally wounded, continue to do their worst, attempting to destroy God's ultimate and sure plan to glorify His people. Against this background, we learn from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 that God's people are caught up in a spiritual conflict, as individuals and together. It's here that all too often we are naive. We think it's only the smooth-tongued and often deceitful, influential and powerful who obstruct spiritual truth in the world. No, Paul warns, there are formidable supernatural forces at work powers that will not respond to reason. And so we're caught up in a conflict that involves dark powers and human choices. Put on the whole armour of God, we read in verse 13, so that you may be able to stand your ground. There'll be times when the dark forces press us morally, whispering that everybody's doing it. Sometimes they press us intellectually, You're too clever to believe that. Sometimes they press us psychologically. Your faith is so intolerant. And there are times when we are physically persecuted. The aim is always the same, to silence the voice of God's people. Stand firm, Paul says. Be alert. Don't give in. Put on the inner protection of a godly lifestyle. Our loins need to be girded with God's truth. We need a breastplate of righteousness. Our feet need to be shod with a commitment to spread the gospel of peace. And we need the headpiece of salvation. Our lives are most at risk when our inner defenses are broken through. We need the qualities of integrity, of righteousness, of gospel readiness, and the deep assurance of God's ultimate victory. The dark powers will do their worst to discredit our integrity, prevent gospel outreach through lethargy and infighting, and demoralize us by discouraging us. We need protection, the shield of faith with which we can quench the flaming darts of darkness. We can't cope on our own. We need to trust Christ but when we do, the darts of darkness will fall useless. The victory that overcomes the world, John tells us in his first letter, chapter 5, is our faith. The Sword of the Spirit While Paul hasn't spelled out the meaning of his metaphors up to this point, he wants us to know that God's Word is a sword. Unlike communism, or any other ism or ideology, There's no place in Christianity for a literal holy war. God's new society is not brought in by act of Congress, still less at the end of a gun. God works through His Word. The Word of God is not a message of the freedom fighters, but one that focuses on personal repentance and God's forgiveness the building of God's new society and its compassion and care for a lost world. The victory of God's Word will have eternal outcomes. So pray, Paul says. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. In any battle communication is vital. In the histories of the Second World War, there's a picture of a young soldier holding together a broken telephone line. Prayer is our field telegraph. Paul urges us to pray constantly, to persevere in prayer, and to be vigilant in prayer. We're to pray in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verses 26 following help us to understand what Paul means by this. There he tells us that the Spirit works with us in our prayer. In the midst of suffering, we're often lost to know what we should say. In those times, Paul tells us, the Spirit comes to our aid, putting our inarticulate thoughts into meaningful prayer, speaking to God on our behalf. Despite the noise of opposing voices, God's work continues to make inroads on the kingdom of darkness. When Jesus stood on the hills of ancient Israel with a handful of his followers, he said, On this rock, the rock of faith, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If we read that in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus was speaking to a small group of humble, uninfluential men. The Lord Jesus Christ is the legitimate ruler of the world. No, much, much more. The universe. Nothing in all creation will prevent the return of the King. So as we conclude this season of summer growth and prepare for a new season, let's hold on to the shield of faith, wield the Word of God with greater confidence, and most of all, Pray. Pray for one another and for others. And pray that we will stand firm, not failing to live under God's gospel, nor failing to take His gospel to those around us. If you have not already done so, consider the Word 121 as a very accessible ministry to introduce family and friends to the authentic Jesus through the lens of John's gospel. You can access it at, and it's alphanumeric, www.dot.theword, and then the numbers one two one dot com. The word 121com dot com. So let me pray, Almighty God, give us grace so that we may cast away the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came amongst us in great humility, so that on the last day when He comes again in His glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal, through Him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, now and for ever, Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christ Church Presbyterian San Francisco. The prayers are from an Australian prayer book 1978. The opening and closing music is from St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.